Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. My name is Ben Hocking. I'm joined today by Samuel Sage and Harry Eid. What a surprise. It's the three of us. Um, we have got a very special episode today. It's one of my favourite videos of the year. We do this every single year. I think this is the fourth consecutive year we've done this in some sort of form, whether it's video, podcast or article. It's Teammate Wars. Harry, Sam, I mean, this is it. This, this is the showdown of late breaking. This is where the house robots come together. Craig Charles narrates over the top of us. I wish we had the budget for those things. But essentially, we fight it out. And at the end of the season, we look at who got the most predictions correct. Yes, we're predicting literally nothing at the moment because we know nothing. But it's still fun. So have some fun with it. And I will continue my record of getting literally everything wrong. I was going to say, is this your year, Harry? No. Right. Well, that's that settled then. Um, so, yeah, just to clarify what the rules are, we will go through each of the 10 teams. It's rather simple, really. We'll go through each of the 10 teams. We'll look at the teammates and decide which will finish with more points at the end of the year. And then at the end of the year, we'll calculate who got the most right. And Sam is our defending champion. He got nine out of 10 last year. The only uh, the only blemish on his record being McLaren, where Lando Norris didn't beat Carlos Sainz. But apart from that, 9 out of 10. So he is the defending champion. So it only seems right to start with you, Sam. And we will start, as we always do, with the champions. So Mercedes. Will Lewis Hamilton win this one again? Or can Valtteri Bottas spring a surprise? All Sam Sage fans, please stand for me. If you'd like to make a Twitter account, a Sam Sage stang account, let me know. I will retweet what you're wrong about. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll start with the champs because I am the champs and we're going to talk about the champs. There's a lot of champs going on, chumps. Um, Lewis Hamilton is going to trounce Bottas once again. It's a walk in the park. He's got the purple rain on his head as we've seen the new helmet revealed. And I think that rain will advance to seven world 
titles. I think Lewis Hamilton is going to be the champ and he's going to be Bottas comfortably. I think Hamilton is going to be back better than ever. It's going to be another cakewalk. Bottas 3.0 with his absolute tree beard is not going to be enough for the mighty Lewis Hamilton. Oh, that was uh, fairly definitive there. Harry, are you uh, on board with this Hamilton decision or do you think that Bottas might go ahead and surprise us all? Uh, no, uh, I think Hamilton's got it, but I don't think it's going to be a trouncing, like Sam says. I think Bottas will be closer. Again, he's probably grown his beard a bit longer, as we've seen over the winter. Um, yeah, Bot- Bottas 3.0, I reckon, is on his way and he'll be more consistent. So it'll give Hamilton a run for his money, but Hamilton will still ultimately win not saying whether he wins the championship or not, because that's not that's not what this video is about, you know? That's correct. That is not what this video is about. But we will get on to drivers' championship predictions in a further episode. So maybe in a couple of weeks, you can expect to see that one. Um, yeah, I'm, I think this has been a Hamilton uh, trio of, uh, of picks every single year we've done this. And it's no different this year either. I'm going with Hamilton to win. Um uh, whether it's a trouncing or not, I, I'm unsure about that. I think I'm more in line with what Harry thinks, but I, I do see Hamilton winning this one. He's going to be motivated heading into the year. He's got records to be broken. They, he's got the seven championships to be matched. He's going to be fully motivated. I will say with Hamilton, now he is 35. He is now the age where Schumacher won his final championship. So I think there will be a drop off at some point. Whether it starts to happen this year or maybe it's a few years' time, I'm not too sure. Even so, I think when that does happen, it will be a gradual process. I don't think it will be an instantaneous Hamilton goes from being elite to being only okay. I don't see that happening. So even if the dip starts to happen this year, I think it will still be enough to beat Bottas. I've always said with Hamilton, he is he is immensely quick, but I don't think that's been any different to... 2007 2008 when he joined formula one i think he is as quick now as he was then it's the consistency and it's the bits around that that has made him so good over the last few years it's that consistency where bottas going up against him can only realistically make maybe one or two big mistakes per year and if he makes those he's out of it and it just makes the margin of error so small for bottas it's not a slight on Bottas that he can't beat Hamilton. I think 99% of drivers can't. But yeah, I'm going to go with Hamilton here for a 3-0. That is why we have Ben as part of this recording. Because me and Harry just give you the silly answers or short and concise answers where Ben actually provides evidence for his uh, points. So thanks, Ben, for making us not look like a complete bunch of idiots. Well, it, it doesn't read too much on me. It doesn't do too well for me, though, because, I mean, if I lose to you, then it means nothing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for my crown back anyway. We move on to Ferrari now. Sam, you were the only one to predict this one right last year. You said that Leclerc would beat Vettel, which he did. He came on strong in the second half of the year. Are you sticking by that prediction for 2020? Look, Sebastian Vettel is one of the most lovely people in motorsport. You can't say as a trio that we don't love him because we do. We really do. But the chocolate eclair was baked last season. It was created. The chocolate was put on the top and the cream filling positioned nicely inside and placed in the fridge. And it rose to perfection. Now, this year it's coming out of the fridge and it is going to beat Sebastian Vettel again. Vettel was going to be beaten by a baked good two years in a row. Chocolate eclair is going to win it. I think that he's got that raw pace. Despite the car being focused more around Sebastian Vettel in the coming year, I do think that 
that was the same case last year. And Charles Leclerc, right from the get-go, was as fast as Vettel. He was only behind him in Australia due to Team August. He was beating him in Bahrain um, and was the only one that really looked like he was going to get a win, other than maybe the performance in Canada, which was cruelly snatched away from Sebastian Vettel. Um, I, I genuinely do think that, realistically... This is Charles Leclerc's year. And I think if he takes that big step, if he really steps up his performance, it won't be as close as what we saw in the 2019 season, but will be a bit more of a one-sided affair come the 2020 season. So I think that uh, Charles Leclerc will be the uh, the league Ferrari come the end of the season. Well, it started out with a very strange analogy, but it came around some interesting analysis. So well done, Sam. Anyway, Leclerc is the choice for Sam at Ferrari. Harry, are you sticking by Vettel or are you also going for uh, for Charles Leclerc? Uh, well, firstly, I'd like to congratulate Sam for being wrong for the first time this evening. Um, it's not going to be Leclerc. It's going to be Sebi Vett. He is, he's had a winter to contemplate a difficult 2019. Ferrari have had a winter to make a car that's better for him. He's going to be motivated. He's going to have some weird-ass haircut that he normally turns up with on the first race of the year. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not saying it's going to be a trouncing on either uh, uh, by Vettel, but it's going to be it's going to be close. But I think he's going to he's going to nick it this year because even last year when he wasn't having a great year, it was still pretty close. Um, and I don't I, know, I I believe that Leclerc will come on even stronger, but I think Vettel's going to step up in 2020 because. And we spent about this. He has to. So for me, it's it's uh, it's Vettel who's gonna it's gonna take the win. So looks like I have the deciding vote in this one. Um, so both of you have stuck with your predictions from 2019. I went for Vettel last year, um, and there are rumours that the car is going to be made more around Sebastian Vettel than Charles Leclerc this year. Maybe a bit of an indication that Charles Leclerc is their future with that long-term deal and that Sebastian Vettel is the guy they trust in the present. However, I'm going for Charles Leclerc. Um, I saw in 2019, I probably made this point during last year's video, that I thought Vettel would win in 2019, but the progression of Leclerc would would see him come on strong in 2020 uh, and going forward after that. And it turns out that he made that progress much earlier than I thought he would. Yeah, he was competitive with uh, Sebastian Vettel almost straight away, as you rightfully said, Sam. Um, and really, in terms of qualifying, it wasn't that close. It was only in the race that Vettel was able to pull it back. And it was close last year. But Leclerc at the second half of the year was was really impressive. And, I mean, how old is Leclerc? I mean, he has got so many years ahead of him. He's only going to get better. Think of all the great drivers. How many of them were at their peak in their early 20s. I mean, none of them. I, if you compare Leclerc at his age to, say, Hamilton at his age or Schumacher at his age, neither of those two were at the peak of their powers at that point, and they still had room to grow. And I think that's what Leclerc will do, not only this year, but in the ensuing years too. So I think Leclerc is going to have just too much for Sebastian Vettel. I don't think Leclerc is going to care that Vettel... Um, the, uh, it's all about the present for Vettel and Leclerc can potentially wait out a year or two uh, when Vettel's gone. I, I don't think Leclerc is that type of person. And I think if he gets any sniff of an opportunity, he's going to take it. I've got Leclerc winning this one. You love to see it, folks. Ben's strategy for winning this year is just decide with me on every vote. 
This is true. Um, it'll be interesting to see where we do differ. So that is at least the first differing point uh, with Harry going with Vettel and myself and Simon going for Charles Leclerc. We move on to one that perhaps won't be uh, much of a difference between our selections. We go to Red Bull, where Max Verstappen will take on Alex Albon this year. We saw a little preview of that at the end of last season. Um, Sam, I'm going to assume you're going to go for Verstappen here, but you might surprise us. We'll see. Max, Max, super, super, Max, Max. Um, quite frankly, you're a fool for thinking that Albon, across a whole season, with Max's current form, has a chance of beating him. I think Albon is going to be a very strong driver across Formula 1, across his career. I think he'll be here for a long time. We even saw some really standout performances from him at the end of last season. Uh, Japanese qualifying, he matched Max Verstappen. Brazil, he drove a really great race until Hamilton decided to punt him into the shadow realm. I mean, there were some real strong points for Albon, but I just don't think that he's at Verstappen's level. And don't get me wrong, Verstappen took time, right, to get to the level he's at. Uh, he wasn't the leader of his team for a couple of years. He he didn't really come into his own in terms of avoiding mistakes. He had that season where, for the first kind of 10 to 12 races, he was pretty much causing an accident every single race. But I think Verstappen has really ironed out a lot of those issues. And if he's got the car behind him, I think he's pretty much the only person across the whole season that challenges Hamilton mark for mark at the moment. Albon is a great guy. He's a great driver. I just can't see him beating Max Verstappen across the full, what is it, 21 races we've got now with China being um, removed. So I think Verstappen's got this one. What a massive surprise there. Harry, are you also siding with Supermax? Uh, yeah, uh, this is the first one on the list that I think isn't going to be close. Um, I think even if Albon steps it up, which I believe he will do this year, I still don't think he's going to be challenging Max on a regular basis. There'll be some, like Sam says, you know, we match him in Quali and in Suzuka. And I think there will be times when, you know, maybe he'll beat him in a race, but it's not going to be consistently. So, um, yeah, Max for me, easy one, I think. Yeah, I think um, I'm not surprised at all Verstappen for me too. Um, Very simply put, and this is going to sound quite harsh, Verstappen is world-class, Albon isn't. Like it's it's really as simple as that. Albon, I think the question for him this year is not necessarily can he beat Verstappen. I think that's unrealistic. I think the question for Albon is can he solidify himself as the number two driver? Because um, Gasly couldn't do that. Can Albon do that? Because if he if he can, then he's got a good career ahead of him. If he can't, he might go down that same path. We saw on a few occasions last year when not having a decent enough number two driver costs Red Bull. I think Hungary is the one that really sticks out. At that point, if you think Gasly, if he was further enough, far enough ahead in that race, Hamilton can't execute the strategy he needs to in order to win. So it's not only for Albon's sake, but also for the team's sake and for Verstappen's sake that he needs to be closer and he needs to be competitive. But I think that's all he needs to be. This is Verstappen's team for a reason. Um, and I think he's going to win this one fairly comfortably, not quite as comfortably as against Gasly, but not far off that. Poor old Gasly. You know, we'll see if Gasly gets any uh, gets any votes later on. Of course, uh, we'll be doing Toro Rosso soon enough. But first, we're going to go to McLaren. Sam, as mentioned before, this is the only one that you did get wrong last year. It's the same pairing of Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. Are you going for Lando Norris to get revenge or Carlos Sainz to win two years in a row? I'm just going to do what all, all of the fans will be doing. As you've just said, Toro Rosso is, of course, Alpha Tori. Um Actually, no, I'm going, to, I'm going to intercept here and make a point. 
They are Toro Rosso. I'm not having it that they're Alpha Tori. I don't care. I, it's not a mistake. It's Toro Rosso. Don't care that they've changed their names. There are 10 teams on the grid. You do not need two that have the same word. Run over. Well, there you go, folks. Ben hates Alpha Tori. Anyway, back to McLaren. Um, I am going to uh, give it a little switcheroo. I'm going to go for this smooth abuleda. That That guy drove... So brilliantly well last season. I mean, I was having a lot of faith in Carlos Sainz. I was thought he was a really solid driver. He he dipped a little bit in terms of form when he was at Renault for the one season. Never really got comfortable. I kind of thought it was going to take him a little more time to adapt to his McLaren surroundings. Um, I don't know if it's almost the Lando effect. A teammate that he gets with along with so well has a little bit less experience so he can guide and mentor and maybe, I don't know, push himself a little further. But... Sainz had such an incredible season. For me, he was pretty much the driver of the season behind Hamilton. He was on par with Verstappen in terms of that level of performance. So, yeah, I mean, I, I rate Norris. I love Lando Norris. He's such a great guy. He is the milkman of Formula One, the meme lord uh, with the bucket hat. But do I think he's got the talent to take it a whole season uh, toe-to-toe with a man like Sainz at the moment? I don't know. I think it's going to take him a little while to find his feet once again. So I think that Sainz is going to be close. He's just going to have this. All right, so a flip of predictions from last year, going from the loser Norris to the winner signs. Harry, are you following him on the signs bandwagon? This is a really tough one. Um, and I said signs last year. But I think it was closer in the end than, than I expected. I'm going to say signs again, not because I do not rate Norris at all. I just think signs is just that being more experienced. Um, and Norris, the way Norris performed last year, stepped Sainz's performance performances up. I think that second half of the year, particularly, I think Sainz is really, really strong. Um, yeah, but I think this is one of the toughest choices on the grid. But I'm going to give it to Carlos, um, or as Sam says, the smooth operator. I'm not going to sing it. Um, yeah, but that's going to be a fascinating battle this year, especially if McLaren maintain the form they had at the in 2019. Yeah, I I think I said last year that this was actually the closest one for me. Uh, and I went for, for Carlos Sainz in the end, but it was a bit of a coin flip. And it's a similar situation again. But I tell you what, guys, there's something you need. You need some milk. Lando Norris is taking this one. The, I, so, I mean, we have now confirmed that none of us have the same predictions. So this is really good news. Um, yeah, I think Lando Norris is going to, just about win it having that one year of experience in f1 i think is going to count massively in his favor i think he'll improve on on what he was doing last year he's already there in terms of qualifying i, th- I think he won 11 10 in the end um and, and in the races he was he was solid as well of course signs did a little bit better um london norris did have the share of the bad luck so presuming he does improve as i think he will and also some of that bad luck disappears i think lando norris might just just have enough to beat him i don't know i think signs is a very good driver but i think lando norris has the potential to be just that little bit better i don't know whether he'll get there but I think he's got at least the potential for it. So Lando Norris is my selection here. It's hard to support the milkman when you're lactose intolerant. So Norris fans, please remember that when you come for me, I can't actually ingest milk without being unwell. 
And I mean, incorrectly predicting it last year, that caused undesired Yeah, effects. massive backfire, literally. Oh, bloody hell. Moving on. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Uh, we move on to the fifth place team last year, which was Renault. Daniel Ricciardo is returning again. And, and just before I say anything else, Nico Hulkenberg, um, I can't go against you this year because, well, you're not in Formula One anymore. But rest assured, if you were on the grid, I would be going against you. It's nothing personal apart from that it's you. Um, so, <laughs> I actually have nothing against Nico Hulkenberg. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, Renault, we've got uh, Daniel Ricciardo, but he's got Esteban Ocon as a teammate this year, making his return to Formula One after a year out. Sam, do you like Ricciardo to win this one or are you siding with Ocon? Um, have you got a stamp? Yeah, can you pass it? Shit, shit. Sorry, I'm just licking my envelope here because uh, my Daniel Ricciardo predictions in the post and I've just sent it. Um, he's obviously going to win this one. Ocon's having a, a while out now. He wasn't actually... As brilliant as I once remember him against Perez when he was in the Force India, then Racing Point. That Racing Point became Sport Racing Point Peso, which is becoming... Anyway, that's a conversation for another time. Ocon was, is good. He's a good driver. I don't think he's Danny Rick good. And Danny Rick has got that integration into Renault now. I think that's his team. He's the team leader there. They really respect him. He's become a lot more at one with that team. And it, it always takes a little bit of time to adjust to a new team. I think he's at that point now. So... With Dan- Danny Rick's prowess, his ability to move through a field, his ability to pass other cars, especially in that midfield cluster, because I don't think the Renault are really going to be past that midfield cluster at the moment, considering they haven't got a car. Um, yeah, for me, Danny Rick beats Ocon. And Harry, do you think that Ricardo beats Ocon? Uh, I do. I don't. I think he's going to have a tough time with Ocon, even even if Ocon does have to set into the team. But um, yeah, I don't think a year out is going to have, have affected him too much. Uh, but I do still think Ricardo is going to edge it. And I, I Ricardo for me is he's already becoming slightly underrated just already after a year in a in a, in the Renault. Um, you know, lying, you know, uh, lying down in like bottom end of the top ten. Um, yeah, because he's a he's a top. We all know he's a top quality driver. So, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one for Ricardo, but I still think he'll take it. I think um, if the Renault is better this year, and like Sam says, he's now settled onto the team. Um, yeah, I think he'll just about beat Ocon. Um, I'm going to say Ricardo as well. So all three of us going for Danny Rick on this occasion. Um, I consider the two situations that Ricardo is in. You've firstly got his situation last year where he has to go ahead and defeat Nico Hulkenberg, who has been at the team for three years by that point. Um, Ricardo coming in as a Renault rookie um, and he was up to the challenge and he was able to get it done. Now, the following year, with that extra year of experience at Renault, he goes up against a guy who is new to the team and has had a year out of Formula One and who I think in terms of overall ability is on the same level as Nico Hülkenberg, I just think the challenge for him is actually less this year. So I can't see any reason why Ricardo loses it. I don't think it'll be a drubbing. I also don't think it'll be close. I think it'll be something in the middle. Um, I think Ricardo will get out to an early lead. 
um, whilst Ocon is adjusting. And I think he'll just continue to build that throughout the year. My prediction is that Ocon won't actually be ahead in this rivalry at any point during the season. I think it will be Ricardo gets an early lead and he kind of consolidates it from there. So that completes a Ricardo clean sweep and completes the first half of Teammate Wars. We now go to Toro Rosso. I'm not buying this fake news Alpha Tori. It's Toro Rosso, and it always will be. I don't know why I'm so defensive over this. Anyway, Gasly and Kvyat, after the summer switch last time out, um, we got a preview of this one. Gasly did quite well on his return to Toro Rosso. Both of these guys unbelievably getting a podium last year at Toro Rosso. Sam, who have you got winning this? Sars, everyone. I just hang up from the phone call just halfway through the recording. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, it was, it, did, was that question insulting? Well, I'm, I'm getting a bit annoyed that you can't say Alpha Tori. It's going to be way sexier than Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso is always that kind of scabby kid at the back of the class that you never really wanted to talk to. Like, yeah. Already got an alpha. I mean, they brought some good ideas to school and everything, and they helped some of the stupider kids, you know, do their homework in the long run, but no one really likes them. So I'm all for Alpha Tori looking that sexy chrome black with the hexagons on the car. Anyway, Dazzly, Kvyat. This is actually really, 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 really difficult to choose between the two of them. I think it's a complete toss-up on who decides they want to turn up and have a good t- good year. I'm going to go for Pierre Gasly. And I'm sorry, Torpedo. I am a big fan of Kvyat. I think you're a lovely bloke. Um, and if you want to Torpedo me, no, we won't go down that route. Honestly, Gasly's just got that vibe in the in the team that he's currently in, in that Toro Rosso, Alpha Tori lineup. Uh, he seems to gel so much better with the staff, with the makeup of the car, uh, the development of it. I don't know what it is. He seems to sit in that car. He just comes alive. He gets that kind of almost F2 performance that he used to have that never really materialized when he took the big step up from the old Toro Rosso to Red Bull. And then obviously was demoted again. Um, yeah, I think this one is actually going to be a lot closer than we think. But I do think Gasly just has that edge at the moment. Are you going for P. Gazzle? I, this is another tricky one, actually. Um, I think if you'd asked me halfway through last year when he'd been demoted, I'd have picked Fiat. But I think half a year back in the Toro Rosso car or team, whatever the reason is, Gasly found his form again. And then obviously that brilliant podium in Brazil. So, again, I think like McLaren, this is going to be a close one, but I'm going to give it to Gasly. But the, the pair of them have been performing, well, towards the end of the year, were performing very well so it's a strong little lineup i think there now as long as the torpedo doesn't torpedo too many people um yeah but on this occasion i'm gonna give it to gasly because i think overall he is the better driver he he just lost his mojo yeah i am gonna again complete a clean sweep here actually i'm gonna go with pierre gasly too Uh, if i look at when they were teammates at all rosso and i think that's the most important thing to assess here Gasly was significantly better than Danny Kvyat, which was not only impressive in that Danny Kvyat is no slouch, but it was impressive in that Gasly had just been demoted from Red Bull. He had been given a race-winning car and he wasn't able to perform. He's then demoted in the same way that Kvyat was, but he doesn't go down that same route. He's able to bounce back almost immediately and prove himself again. So I was impressed by his character at the end of the 2019 season and I've got him winning this one. 
Um, I mean, both scored podiums last year at Tour or so, both rather unlikely. But if you're looking at both of the both of the podiums, Gasly's was much more impressive in my eyes than Kvyat's, just because Kvyat, the only reason he was even towards the front was because he was down in what last or second last and had that pit stop strategy at the end of the race to get him in that position. Gasly was best of the rest for the entire Brazilian Grand Prix. And even if it didn't descend into chaos, he still would have had a really good result and a great weekend. So um, I'm going to go with Gasly here. I, I think he is a marginally better driver. I wouldn't be completely shocked if Kvyat wins it, but I've just got that little bit more confidence in Gasly. So we now go to perhaps another clean sweep, to be honest. This is Racing Point. Uh, the last year they will be known as Racing Point, unless anything changes. It is Sergio Perez against Lance Stroll. Again, Sergio Perez winning this one in 2019. Sam, who have you got winning in 2020? You say it's a clean sweep. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I have a strange amount of faith, for some reason, in the GOAT Stroll. You I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know if... I haven't even made my mind up. I'm, I'm, making my, I'm starting a sentence, and I don't know where it's going to go currently, folks. I'm going to stick just with Sergio Perez, but hear me out, folks. I think this is the season that Stroll comes alive a little bit. I think his qualifying performances won't be as poor. I think he'll have settled further into the sport. I think he'll have those more consistent performances where he fights in the midfield. And when Stroll does perform, he really does have some quality behind him. He's not terrible. I, I maybe think this is Perez's last strong year as well. So if that decay comes a little early, I think Stroll's in with a shout of... Um, of going past Perez, but by a whisker, it's closer than I thought in my own brain, actually, by a whisker, Sergio Perez is the man that is going to win the uh, racing point into team battle. Well, going for going for Perez, but only just Harry Perez. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna be Perez. I don't I don't have enough faith in in old Lance's qualifying abilities. He makes up for it at the starts and he's had some strong performances in the races of Germany springs to mind, but he just can't string a lap together to save his life. I don't know what why. Don't know what it is. It's the pressure or who knows. But um yeah no I I'm gonna go with gonna go with Perez because I don't think it's gonna start decaying either Sam. That's a very strong word. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's, I, well, he's getting old. That's what happens when you get old. You start getting weird bits about you that you can't reach, and they just go. Is he? I mean, they go a bit smelly. I, I definitely think he's thirty. Okay, fine. Um, no, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to Perez. I don't think it's gonna be as close as Sam does. No. Um. Yeah, I'm going Perez here. This really wasn't a hard decision for me to make. Um, Perez is just much, much better than Stroll. Um, Stroll has got those incredible first laps, which does mean that whatever position he qualifies in, you might as well minus three positions from it. But even that's not enough to keep up with Perez. I, I've always rated uh, Perez. I think he's a quality driver. Um, he stacked up well against Ocon. He stacked up well against Nico Hülkenberg. And quite frankly, I don't think Lance Stroll is, is as good as those two guys. So I've got Perez winning again. Even last year, Perez won this comfortably even with Lance Stroll getting fourth place in uh, in Germany, thanks to a bit of a freak result. So 
Um, maybe Stroll, this is the year that he finally delivers some qualifying performances, finally delivers some consistency in races, but I don't see it happening. All right, so we now go on to Alpha, and it's the same lineup as last year. So Kimi Raikkonen, who is still going in Formula One at the age of 73, is going to be taking on Antonio Giovinazzi. I will stop giving him an Italian. I'll stop doing that. Don't worry. Um, but Sam, who have you got winning this one, Raikkonen or Giovinazzi? Well, I was in the retirement home with Kimi, actually. Uh, we were playing some checkers. And Kimmy was talking to me. He said, did you see that the uh, the Pope was being blessed by Jesus, a.k.a. Giovanni? Um, it's a great scene. What are you talking about? the photo where Giovanni looks like Jesus and he's handing the Pope a racing helmet. One of these days, you're just going to give a normal answer. But I don't know when that day's going to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, normal answer time. Kimi Raikkonen is going to be Antonio Giovinazzi. I think it's going to be close. I think Giovinazzi... Well, I'm, I'm more hoping that Giovinazzi comes into his own a little bit. I've always been a little bit of a fan of Gio. Uh, he's screwing up his early Sauber days on those first couple of occasions and then got that second chance that he needed. And he, he did all right last season. He didn't do brilliantly, but he did all right. And in the second half of the season, he grew into the role a little bit. He was challenging Kimi. Qualifying got better. And I think, again... Old people decay, and Kimmy is actually old. So if his arm falls off due to bone wear or his coughing is struggling to maintain him, this is getting dark. Regardless, Kimmy for me just, just pips Giovanni. How are you talking about these 30 and 40 year olds as if they are literally on their last legs and perhaps are going to collapse at any moment? Um, but anyway, Kimi Raikkonen has been given the nod by Sam. Are you joining him, Harry? Yeah, I'm just I'm in shock. I just can't keep up with Sam's train of thought sometimes. It's really it's Not, difficult. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, I can't either. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Kimmy. And I, again, I don't think it's as close as Sam is making out it, it's going to be. And Kimmy, yes, he's in his his uh, twilight years as a Formula One driver, but he is still a Formula One world champion. Let's not forget this, people. He's still quick. He's still he's a wily old fox now because you can be when you're year 78. Um, but yeah, I, even if Giovinazzi improves, I still don't think he's going to take it to Kimmy over a whole season. I just think. I think he had a really impressive year last year, more impressive than 18, even though he won a race. Um, yeah, it's, easily, it's easily Kimmy for me. Antonio wins this one. I'm going I'm going for Giovinazzi. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. I'm going. Uh, you, you're, you're, on, you're in glue, I, apparently. I have audibly sighed there when you said that. Literally said it was going to be close. I mean... There's close, and then there's actually letting him win. I've said it to appease the Italians. Okay, well, I'm appeasing even further by saying he will actually win this one. Um, I think it will be really close, um, and actually I think it is a bit of a bit of a coin flip, but I think Antonio might just have enough to do it this year. There's Kimi Raikkonen was very good at the beginning of 2019, but he didn't necessarily drop off the pace towards the end of the year, but it was much, much closer. Um, and that 
it makes sense. I mean, it follows Antonio Giovinazzi's development in F1. Um, at the very beginning of the year, that was when the Alpha car was at its best and Kimi Raikkonen took full advantage of it and, and scored a number of points. Unfortunately for Antonio Giovinazzi, that's when he was at his weakest. So by the time he had got used to the car, got used to Formula One, I'm not counting the two races he had in 2017, by the end of 2019, the Alpha car just wasn't good enough for him to score regular points, even though he was fairly consistently beating Kimi Raikkonen in qualifying and at least hanging with him in the race for, for quite a lot of the time. So I think if he continues that development, I think it will be very close between them this year. I think in terms of what they have left to fight for, Kimi Raikkonen, he might well leave the sport at the end of this year. I don't know what his motivation is going to be halfway through the year if he knows that he's going through the exit door at the end of the year. And Antonio Giovinazzi, the pressure's on. He needs to perform this year. Otherwise, he's got rookies in Formula 2 who are going to be chomping at the bit and wanting that seat. So a huge amount of pressure, everything to fight for Antonio Giovinazzi, nothing to lose um, against Raikkonen. Uh, and Raikkonen, I, I don't know about his motivation. So I'm going Antonio here. I'm, I really believe this one. I believe that you're wrong. We will find out. This could be another... Nico Hulkenberg, Jolie and Palmer prediction from a few years ago. Um, which... Oh, Jolie and Palmer. Yeah. I mean, that that's where the whole Nico Hulkenberg rivalry started because obviously he beat Jolie and Palmer. That was not my best pick. Anyway, so we have got another difference there. We move on to Haas, where Kevin Magnussen and Roman Grosjean do battle again for the 29th time. Um, Kevin Magnussen's won the last two years. Sam, do you see him winning a third year in a row? Well, yeah. This We've done all the difficult ones. Um, I really like Grosjean. Again, I like a lot of people. They're lovely. They're really nice guys. But he's just, he's just not that good at driving anymore, is he? Like... I'm surprised he's still got a drive for Haas. I am still shocked that that's their driver lineup. And I think Kevin Magnussen has just, he's just got more ambition. He's just got more, excuse the pun, drive about him. Um, Grosjean, again, good team player, nice guy. I think Magnussen, despite his crazy box office performances, I think he could somehow be a real player in Formula One in the coming years. Um, and I'm excited by him. I'm still excited by him. I look forward to seeing him race. So for me, K-Mag takes this one. I guess that means Ben wants me to go now. <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah, I probably I should have uh, pressed unmute. Yeah, that's how that works. So as I was saying to absolutely no one, um, <laughs> Harry, are you also saying that Kevin Magnussen is going to be box office and win? Uh, I'm just going to put this out there. Don't really care about the Haas drivers. So yeah, why not? Let's give it to Magnussen. Don't care if either of them win. What is the point? So Harry's how, how, decided to take a no vote and just go, I don't care. No, I'm giving it to Magnussen, but I don't care. <laughs> I, love, I love the attitude. Just don't really care about the the two drivers. Like, come on, boring. Oh, I okay. So if it's a draw, then I, I guess you kind of get the point for literally not caring in the slightest. No, I'm giving it to Magnuson. I'm just saying I don't care. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Magnuson as well. To be honest, I'm kind of in the same position where this partnership. I, I really wish it had been broken up 
last year, or well, to be honest, the year before as well. Um, I think Magnussen is the overall better driver right now. Grosjean at his absolute best versus Magnussen at his absolute best. I think Grosjean wins. The problem is Grosjean only gets to his best once every 11 races or so, which just is not consistent enough to to win in Formula One. Um, if he's if he's delivering that sort of epic performance once or twice a year, it's not going to cut it. Kevin Magnussen is not the most consistent driver in the world, but he's consistent enough to beat that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Magnussen again, and I think this could finally be the nail in the coffin for Grosjean and he does leave the sport after the year but Grosjean somehow he's a cockroach he finds a way to survive so I'm sure he will again you've just called a and racing a driver one. a cockroach yeah because he doesn't he, he can't be killed oh, Roman I'm sorry mate I'm I'm That's sorry outrageous. it was meant as a compliment he he can stick around in F1. He, he um, yeah, it doesn't matter what happens. No matter how he performs, he somehow returns every year. So, if, if, if Roman, if you want to beat Ben with a baguette, I will allow it. I'm sorry. I am not taking advice on analogies from you, Sam. My analogies go down in history as being the best analogies. They're like the Eric. Michael Schumacher of analogies. <laughs> Which is a brilliant right. analogy exactly. in itself, right? right we move on to williams so unbelievable i still can't quite get over this even though it's been months now robert kubitzer did beat george russell in 2019 <laughs> uh by one point to none even though george russell it just sounds ridiculous anyway um sam you did get this right last year you went for robert kubitzer he did get that point in germany so he won Unbelievably, you also picked him in 2018, even though he wasn't a driver. <laughs> um, so I can only assume that now he's gone, you're also going to pick him this uh, year. Giga Kubica. Thank you. I mean, if you... I know none of you can see me, but I've got the Jeremy Clarkson smug face right now because of the, the, the Kubica win last season. Um, that's the crowning moment. In my victory. Um, unfortunately, no, no, no Giga, no Kubica this time around. I think that Latifi doesn't stand a flying plebeian of a chance. I was going to swear, but there may be children in the vicinity. Um, no, good. You said plebeian instead. Which yes, I, I enjoy the word plebeian. Anyway, George Russell, he had a really good year last year, despite somehow not actually beating Robert Kubica due to a technicality of a disqualification on the most crazy race we've seen all season. I believe that George Russell is going to wipe the floor with Nicholas Latifi. Maybe not with money. I think Latifi has a lot more money to give, but that does not win you a driver pairing across a single season. And I think that George Russell will come out on top. And I think this will set him up nicely for a very strong career in Formula One, hopefully at the front, not at the back. But yeah, that's that's long term for me. Russell just has that pure ability. And I think that if Latifi was good enough, he could be in the sport a while ago. Russell has entered it after winning F2 of his first try. And he's going to go on to do bigger and better things. So for me, Russell takes it. You also going Georgie Russ? Yeah, Georgie, Georgie Russ, uh, any day of the week. The, the boy's got so much talent. And we talk about Norris. He's on that same level, if perhaps maybe better than Norris. Um so, yeah, I don't think Latifi, who's had a few years in F2 now, in F2 age, he's also 78. Um, yeah. 
I, he, he might have a good season, but I just don't think he's got the talent of, of Russell. So, um, yeah, easily easily a Georgie, Georgie Russ for me. Yeah, George Russell, I think, is going to win this one. Um, you, you never know. We might get a similar scenario to last year. It might depend on how good the Williams is this year, if they have improved. If they do even get the slightest chance at points in a few races, I think George Russell wins. Uh, maybe a Nicholas Latifi 1-0 win. It could happen. It happened last year with Robert Kubica, so maybe it does happen again. But I'm going to go with the better driver here for... Basically, the reasons that you've said, George Russell stepped into Formula 2, won at the first occasion. Nicholas Latifi spent four years there and couldn't win the title. So um, fair play to Nicholas Latifi. And I'm going to give him a bit of credit here, actually, because I don't think he'll get a lot of it throughout the year. I mean, the guy has managed to make Formula 1 after not starting karting until he was 13 years old, which in modern day F1 is just a bit ridiculous when you see some of these drivers starting at four and five years old. So fair play to him for playing catch up for his whole career and making it to the biggest stage in motorsport. But I don't see him winning this one. I've got George Russell. There's your compliment for the year, Nicholas. You're welcome. Might well surprise us. Maybe he delivers epic performances and beats George Russell and laughs at us. I mean, yeah, probably. That you can like also Latifi. sing his surname to the CBB's theme tune that you used to play. Latifi, Latifi. Do you remember that? That was good. No. How does your brain work? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I want to hear what everyone else thinks and how wrong we're going to be. Yeah. Sam, you said anyway, you sounded completely <laughs> 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 I told you me and Kimmy are in the old retirement home together. I just sound wanked. <laughs> Oh God! That's how we usually enter these recording sessions, so not not a massive surprise. But there was a point in that, and that is that please do in the comments on our social media channels get your predictions in all across one down to ten, Mercedes down to Williams. Who's going to win out of the teammates? Um, and we'll see if you can beat us. Um, that might not be too much of a challenge, but um, just reviewing the picks. A quick review. Harry and Sam, you've pretty much gone for exactly the same. The only difference you two have got is that Sam thinks that Leclerc's going to win and Harry thinks Vettel's going to win. So a lot riding on that Ferrari performance. And I've gone a bit mad and gone for Norris and Giovinazzi. So I'll see you guys when I finish third. I can't wait for me and Harry to stand at the top together, holding the tiny cup that doesn't exist, laughing in your face. I mean, I'm never going to be right, though. <laughs> I will be surprised if you find a way to be wrong on all of them. Weirder things have happened. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, anyway, like like we say, get your predictions in the comments. Um, but until the next video, Sam, can you take us away? Well, thank you very much for watching. As Ben said, get your comments down there. Let us know what you're thinking. Which one of us is an absolute muppet? The most likely answer is definitely me. Um, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it. We'll try to grow the channel. Hit subscribe. We'd love to see you come along for the journey. Uh, there will be many more videos coming out. We've got some gaming stuff coming as well. We'd love for you to see it. But in the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Harry Eat. And remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.